0: You once again, Brother Aaron. Can I, have, can I ask you to pass these out for me? So, if you need a booklet for tonight on Bible inspiration, Mark is passing those out. This, is, this sheet is to just uh, supplement some of the things in the book. Please, everybody, receive a sheet that Aaron's passing out uh, as well. Appreciate that uh, very much. While they're doing that, I also would like to ask for some volunteers of uh, Bible reading. We're going to be focusing in our booklet on page uh, 13, 14, and 15. So, if I could have a Bible reader from page uh, to read the scriptures on page 13, then a Bible reader to read the scriptures on page 14, then another Bible reader to read the scriptures on uh, 15, that would be uh, very helpful. Um, So, what do I want to pick on here? Okay. Brother Paul, will you take page 13 of the scriptures there? Okay, appreciate that. Brother James, you want to read some scripture uh, from the ones on page 14? Page uh, 15. Okay, very good. So we'll get to those scriptures here in just a few minutes. Um, I'd I'd like to first talk to you just a minute about um, these booklets. These are ideals. Uh, We are focusing with these booklets on people who have doubts. Remember the first series of booklets we did back earlier in the year? focused on folks who already had a belief in the Bible. They just needed some encouragement and some guidance on exactly what the Bible says about the church and salvation. These booklets are designed for someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, doesn't believe in God generally, doesn't really have a foundation of faith uh, concerning the existence of God and Jesus as his son. So these booklets are much different than what we were examining at the first of the year. I look at these booklets more as conversation starters. Those we examine at the beginning of the year are very useful to help guide someone uh, to salvation. Those are almost self-teaching booklets. These are not that way. These are more conversation starters to where uh, you can get a conversation started about the existence of God and about um, the Bible in general. Why is it such a, a revered book? And then also next week we'll be looking... Uh, Lord willing, Sunday night at uh, Jesus the, as the Son of God. Okay, so this will be our last night on uh, the inspiration of the Bible. Last week, con- concerning inspiration of the Bible, we looked at uh, some scientific evidence that's found in the Bible that um, obviously uh, characterized uh, the knowledge of God. There's no way that All this scientific knowledge that's found in the Bible that predated so many of the discoveries of the natural world, uh, no way it could be there except that God uh, had a hand in in placing it uh, there. That's a great evidence for the inspiration of the Bible. Tonight we'll be focusing on uh, the prophecies of the Bible, the predictive prophecies of the Bible. Now, let's start together in Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18 Let's get in our mind how powerful it is that prophecy is fulfilled in scripture Deuteronomy 18:22 Deuteronomy 18:22 When a prophet speaks in the name of Jehovah the Lord if the thing follows not nor comes to pass That that is a thing which Jehovah has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay. Again, Deuteronomy eighteen twenty-two. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not follow, does not come to pass, uh, then that is a thing that has not been spoken by the Lord. The prophet that speaks it has spoken out of turn. Okay. He's not a true prophet. And thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay. Alright. From there, turn your Bible over to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 28. 28. Paul will be reading this one again here in just a moment, but it's a good one to have in our... In our mind. Jeremiah 28 in verse number 9. Jeremiah 28 in verse number 9. Thank you, brother. The prophet that prophesies a peace, when the word of that prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent him. So the prophet that speaks. And that word comes to pass, then we know that the Lord has truly uh, sent him. That has uh, a great principle involved concerning the inspiration of the Bible. If the Bible speaks of something that shall come to pass and then it is fulfilled, then that upholds the truths that we find uh, in Scripture. So let's start out thinking about the fact that there is great power in the predictive uh, prophecy. Now, someone has said there are a few criteria when you think about true prophecy. And it has to do with timing and details and fulfillment. A prophecy that is true, the timing of that will in a significant way precede the fulfillment of it. um it's one thing for us to say well it's probably going to rain tomorrow okay and then it rains well that's not a prophecy A prophecy in its timing uh, is not just an educated guess but rather it significantly precedes that which will eventually eventually come to pass okay And then the details of a prophecy is is not vague a true prophecy is not is not vague. Okay? It's, it's, it doesn't have just remote uh, generalities about it. Uh, it's specific uh, in detail. And those are a couple characteristics of a uh, true prophecy. Let's look, look at an example of this. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings uh, chapter 13 for just a moment. 1 Kings uh, 13. Notice in 1 Kings um, chapter 13. In verse 2. A man of God came. And cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. And said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall... He sacrificed the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And the men's bones shall they burn upon thee. Okay. This is a prophecy that Josiah would become king of Judah one day. It actually happened about 300 years later after this prophecy. Okay. The fulfillment of this is found in 2 Kings 23. So if you jump over there to 2 Kings 23 you see... That Josiah is doing his work of, of various and righteous reforms. And then the specific thing about him uh, burning the bones of those who have been involved in false idols and false uh, prophecies. Is found in verses 15 and 16 of Second Kings 23. So I just want you to notice that. That the Bible has other prophecies in it besides uh, Christ. Of course, most of the prophecies prophecies are focused upon the coming of Jesus, but there are a lot of different prophecies that that are very specific, like this one concerning Josiah and the kind of work that he would be doing. Josiah came to the throne, and he was more righteous than many others, and he tore down the high places, and he tried to restore much of the Jewish religion that had been tossed aside. Okay, so notice that in 1 Kings 13, 13 and then uh, 2 Kings uh, 23. On the handout, let me just make a quick reference to the handout here. These are various prophecies about the coming of Jesus. Okay. And so you, you can see those. The first set of scriptures there on top is about how Jesus does fulfill scripture. Okay, and we won't read uh, those together, but then... There's different groups of scripture that are, that are pointed out here on this paper. Uh, the first set has to do with the family that Jesus would come from, the lineage of Abraham and of David. And then starting there in Isaiah 7:14, 4, Matthew 1, uh, that is a, a prophecy about the uh, miraculous conception of Mary. And then... Uh, Micah 5 verse 2. Isaiah 9 verse 6. The prophecy of the birth of Jesus. Unto us a son is born. Okay. child is born. A son is given. Okay. And um, Isaiah 9 verse 6. And then Jeremiah 31 fulfilled in Matthew 2. Concerning the, the slaughter of the little boys. As uh, anger from the king is uh, hoisted out toward, toward uh, Jesus. And so that is prophesied from Jeremiah 31. And then notice here from Hosea 11 verse 1, also fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, uh, because of the threat of Herod, uh, Joseph and Mary took the little one and fled uh, to Egypt. Then in Daniel 2:44 there is a prophecy of the time in which Jesus would be doing his ministry, and that would be the time of the Roman kings. Luke 2 verse 1 uh, mentions uh, one of the Caesars there. Caesar Augustus, I believe. Micah 5 and verse 2, fulfilled in John 1 14, talks about Jesus coming and he would, he would be of a, of a um, curious nature. He would be someone coming from everlasting and then coming into life on earth. Okay. In other words, coming from eternity into time. Okay. And we know that speaks of Jesus being of a dual nature. He, uh, John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's an amazing thought that that the great I Am uh, could come and become part of, of life here on this earth, become part of the creation. So Micah 5.2 is a prophecy of, of that very thing. Okay, And then uh, Isaiah 11 uh, talks about how Jesus would be, would be a man who would judge righteously. He would have miraculous almost uh, insight at times. He, he, he did have miraculous insight. He could read the thoughts of other people. And Isaiah 11 speaks of that. And you see the fulfillment there in various passages in the life of Jesus. From Isaiah 42, Jesus, the na- his nature and character would be someone who's very gentle. He spoke the truth. But toward those who were broken, broken hearted, toward those who had had several setbacks in life, uh, Jesus would be very gentle and merciful uh, toward them. That's from Isaiah 42. Isaiah 61 talks about how Jesus would have a great benevolent spirit, and that's, that's fulfilled in Luke chapter 4. Psalm 40 verse 8 has Jesus saying, I am come to do thy will, O Lord, and that's fulfilled in various prophecies. Jesus came to live as a perfect man, and these passages uh, bear that out. Isaiah 40 uh, speaks of the work of John the Baptist who come uh, in preparation of the Messiah's work. Isaiah 35 speaks of the miraculous work that Jesus would be able to do while he was here. Zechariah 9 verse 9 talks about Jesus entering into Jerusalem in order to die for our sins. Psalm 41 talks about how Jesus is betrayed. His own familiar friend uh, betrays him which of course was Judas and then Judas betrayed him, Zechariah 11, verse 12. Judas betrayed him uh, with 30 pieces of silver, and that's mentioned uh, there in Zechariah 11. It'll be mentioned also in our workbook here in just a minute. Isaiah 50, verse 6, talks about how Jesus was treated by those who arrested him. They spit upon him, they smite on his back, they pulled uh, his beard. Uh, Psalm 22, that we, uh, Brother Rogers read for us this morning, speaks of Jesus being pierced in his hands and in his uh, feet. Exodus 12, verse 46 uh, prophesies that Jesus, though treated in a very uh, cruel way, not a bone of his would be broken, and his bones were not broken. Psalm 22 speaks of Jesus being really thirsty uh, on the cross. Psalm 69, 21 prophesies that he would be given vinegar to drink. Isaiah 53, 9 is a prophecy of the burial of Jesus He would be buried among those, uh, buried by a rich man, actually. Uh, Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, Psalm 110 and verse 1 speaks of the resurrection of Jesus, all in prophecy. Isaiah 2, 1 through 4 speaks of the church of our Lord. Galatians 4, verse 4 says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. That's just a sampling of the specific prophecies fulfilled uh, in the life of Jesus. We could go on and on with different ones. And that doesn't even mention how that many people were actually previews of Jesus. Um, And so, for example, um, Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18, uh, has Moses saying that God would raise up up a prophet like unto Moses. Like unto Moses. And that's fulfilled, uh, according to Acts chapter 3, it's fulfilled in the life and the work of Jesus. Okay. So let's go to our booklets now and read uh, some of these scriptures. Um, we're focusing primarily on predictive prophecy and the fulfillment of that. And so if you'll get your Bibles and read along with these uh, fellows, we'll read first from page 13. So Brother Paul, if you'll come on up and stand up here. And after Paul reads these passages, then we will answer uh, the blanks and then we'll go to our next... Uh, series of readings.
1: Jeremiah 29, verses 8, and I'm going to throw in 9 with it as well. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed, For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. Next will be Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 4, then we'll skip down to 6 and 7. I'll just read 4 through 7. Luke chapter 2, starting at 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there... The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Zechariah 11 and verse 12 And I said, and I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price; and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And then Matthew twenty-six fourteen through fifteen. <clears throat> then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them. What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you. And they covenant, uh, and they met with him, or they conveyed to with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray
0: him. Okay. The first passage there on top of page thirteen from Jeremiah twenty-eight. 29 verse 8, I believe this, um, even though what Paul read uh, has to do with false prophets prophesying peace uh, in Jeremiah's time when when really uh, that would be false prophecy. They were about to be delivered to Babylon for 70 uh, years. I believe the verse that is intended here on top of page uh, 13 is 28 and 9 instead of Instead of twenty nine eight, okay. it seems to fit the blank better. So this this may be an error in just the printing here. Uh, nonetheless, let's answer this: uh, If the prophecy does not come to pass, it cannot come from who? God, God the Lord. Okay. Micah five verse two: From what city would the one who would rule over Israel come? Say it out. Bethlehem. In what city did Mary deliver Jesus? Bethlehem. Okay. Note uh, there were over seven hundred years between Michael's prophecy and the Luke's record uh, concerning Mary's uh, traveling to, to Bethlehem. Zechariah eleven twelve. How many pieces of silver did the prophet Zechariah foretell would be used for hire? Thirty, and that fits uh, the fulfillment here in Matthew twenty six. How many pieces of silver did they promise Judas? to betray the Lord. And so, next series of passages here from page 14. Brother James, if you'll come and read those for us.
2: Zechariah eleven thirteen, And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter that princely price they set on me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Matthew 27, 9-10 through 10. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Isaiah 50 verse 6 I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard I did not hide my face from shame and spitting Matthew 26:67. Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands. And finally, Psalm twenty-two, sixteen: For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet.
0: So again... Starting here on top of page 14, the prophet said that 30 pieces of silver would be thrown to the, said to the potter, right? Okay. Zechariah 11:13. 13. This pointed down to the time when Judas brought the 30 pieces of silver back to the priest, threw them down at his feet. The priest said, of course, uh, it is not lawful. All of a sudden, they started thinking about the law of God. It is not lawful uh, to put this in the treasury in the temple. So they went out and bought a potter's field with it, a place in which to bury strangers. And from that day onward, it was known as the field of blood. So they purchased a potter's field to bury strangers in, Matthew 27. But Zechariah prophesied of these very specific events that would take place. Isaiah 50, verse 6, concerning the face of Jesus, uh, what did they do to his face? So very specifically said that it would spit in his face, and this is fulfilled in Matthew 26, uh, 67. The note here is there were over 700 years, again, between Isaiah's prophecy and the record of Matthew. Psalm 22, 16, what did Psalm 22 say that they would pierce? Hands and feet. Hands and feet. Again, remember, prophecy uh, has an exact fulfillment. Okay. Uh, several years in advance preceding the prophecy, 700 years in these cases. And then also very specific, spit, hands and feet uh, being pierced. Uh, The 30 pieces, very specific there, and then uh, what would be done eventually with those 30 pieces, a potter's field uh, would be purchased. Okay? So, we'll have our reading now. Brother Clay. Uh, From um, page 15, starting with John 20.
3: John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. This is from the New King James Version. Now, Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to them, We have seen the Lord. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In Psalm chapter 22, verses 17 through 19, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. And Matthew chapter 27, verse 35. Then they crucified him, and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Thank you,
0: uh, fellows, for helping us uh, this evening with these readings. This John 20 is a carryover from the prophecy of Psalm uh, 22. It says that Jesus' hands and feet would be pierced. And then Thomas was able to see this uh, for himself, up close and personal. Here in John uh, 20. Where were the scars located that Thomas observed? Well, he was able to see not only his hands and his feet, but also what else? His side. Psalm 22, 17 and 19. What did the psalmists say they would do with the garments of Jesus? Divide them out, cast lots. And that's what we find happening as they crucify Jesus here in Matthew twenty-seven thirty-five. What did they do with the garments of Jesus? Well, they parted them out and cast uh, lots for them. That again, we mentioned this morning, the hardening of the heart. I can't imagine being able to, while the Lord is being crucified, being able to play games with his clothes. It's an amazing testimony to just how hard our hearts can get. The note here on the bottom, there are over a thousand years between David's Psalm 22 prophecy and the records of John and Matthew. I'm going to let you finish uh, this book on inspiration on your own, but notice the summary questions on page uh, 16. Uh, Was the Bible just lucky, or did it display divine knowledge when it declared Jesus would be born in Bethlehem? Next question. Was the Bible just lucky, or did it display divine knowledge when it declared Jesus would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver? Did the Bible just get lucky, or did it display divine knowledge when it declared Jesus would be struck and spit upon? Was the Bible just lucky, or did it display divine knowledge when it declared that the hands and feet of Jesus uh, would be pierced? Was the Bible just lucky, or did it display divine knowledge when it declared that his garments would be divided by casting lots? Anyone can make a lucky guess. Those who study the past can even make a few accurate, educated guesses or predictions. Only a supreme being, though, only a supreme being can prophesy with 100% accuracy about events to occur in the distant future. There are approximately 800 prophecies in the Old Testament. And three hundred applied directly uh, to uh, Jesus. All right. And so, turn to the. Um, let's see where. Yeah, turn in your booklets to page twenty-two, the very very last page, page twenty-two. And let's read this, And then I'll let you um, finish filling out the the readings and the. Uh, fill in the blanks of this booklet but as you can see just various areas of study where the bible itself shows itself uh, to be from god here on page 22 good men would not have written the bible because good men don't lie and the bible claims to come from god uh, over 2700 times over 2700 times the bible claims to come from god Evil men would not have written the Bible as it condemns them, and surely no one would write a self-condemning book. Satan would not have written the Bible as it opposes all that he says, does, and promotes. Isn't it obvious that the Bible contains characteristics of having a divine origin? Isn't a divine being, that is God, the only logical explanation as to the origin of the Bible? Appreciate you working Uh, with us uh, in these booklets, and we hope and pray that these can be used as a tool uh, to encourage someone uh, to pay closer attention to the true God and to the Bible, which is uh, the Word of God. Let's uh, switch our thoughts to more of a devotional uh, setting for the next couple minutes. What I'd like to do is just combine a couple of thoughts. This morning we were talking about decisions, decisions, and we looked at two criteria for making good decisions in the sight of God. First criteria is to choose scripture over sin, and that is because sin can be so destructive, so destructive. The second criteria we mentioned this morning was to choose God over the world. Because the world opposes God at every point. Okay. And we looked at some ways in which uh, if we choose certain things, then we would be opposing the Lord Himself. I'd like to mention a third criteria uh, this evening, and that is to always choose faith over fear. Faith over fear. I believe that if we use these three criteria, we'll always make a good decisions. Won't be perfect? Only, only the Lord Jesus come and live the perfect life, but the Lord can certainly guide us if we always choose Scripture over sin, God over the world, and faith over fear. The Word of God, the Word of God, gives us a lot of confidence and faith. There's a lot of fear in the world, but we ought to use faith over fear by what we choose To be our guide in life. We need to reach for the Bible. Because it is the word of God. Think about. What the Bible can do for us. It gives us such a firm footing. It is is a rock. It is our rock. Jesus mentioned. a, A little story he told. In Matthew 7. About the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came. And the wind blew and beat upon that house, but it stood firm because it was found upon a rock. But he also talked about a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and arranged the sin and the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And the difference between the wise man and the foolish man is that the wise man is the one likened unto the one who would hear the words of Jesus and do them. And the foolish man is likened unto the one who would hear the words of Christ and not do them. The Bible gives us a firm footing. It gives us a rock to stand on. That's why our world is so chaotic now. And it always has been chaotic in the world because they have no standard upon which to live uh, their lives. The word of God also can be a fire for our bones. Jeremiah mentions this. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, a fire for our bones. It can can inspire us. It ought to inspire us. All the great examples found in in Scripture of people standing up for God and doing uh, great outreach for God, very, very inspiring. The Word of God can be like a fire in our bones. And it certainly can be like a light be like a light. When we look at the Word of God and let it come into our hearts, it is a, it's a light that guides us. You know, Jesus said in John 8, verse 12, I'm the light of the world. And he that follows me shall not walk in darkness. No doubt, when we look at the Word of God, we'll have light to follow, to follow the Lord. We don't have to walk in darkness. Let us have faith over fear as to what guides us in life. And what ought to guide us, of course, is the Word of God. Let us have faith over fear in speaking up for God. We remember in Acts 4 19 and 20 that Peter and John, they just simply said to the Jewish rulers who were trying to get them to stop teaching, they said, We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We just can't stop. You, you can put us in jail and release us, whatever. we're not going to stop. What great boldness they showed for the Lord. Faith over fear. There are, there are things in life that are unknown. Unknown. But if we have the Word of God in our lives, we can face the unknown, knowing that the Lord will be with us. Let me remind us that confidence in the Lord is built... In three or four ways. We believe in the promises of God. We believe in the presence of God. He's with us. He's with us. We believe in the power of God, that he can do what he promises that he he will do. And of course, we believe in the precepts of God, the very word of God. There's no reason that we can't face the unknown with confidence because of who God is. Another thing sometimes it brings fear is sometimes things seem so overwhelming so overwhelming but with God and his promises we can certainly uh, face things one thing one day at a time Luke 9:23 Jesus teaches us each day to take up the cross and follow him The Lord doesn't want us to entertain just a, a lot of days together, but rather one day at a time, one day at a time. Take up your cross daily and follow me, is what he says. So even though things sometimes are just really unknown, even though things may seem overwhelming, the Lord will still be with us. Faith over a fear. So faith over fear as to what guides us in life, the Bible. Faith over fear as to being able to speak up for Christ and speak out about Christ and speak up when it comes to the Word of God. Faith over fear when we're facing the unknown. Faith over fear when things seem overwhelmed, overwhelming. And faith over fear when, when we're facing eternity, which we all are facing eternity. We mentioned this morning... Three types of death. But there's also three types of life. We have life when we're born in this world physically, but we have spiritual life with Christ. Jesus said, John 10, verse 10, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. We can have spiritual life with Christ. We can have forgiveness. We can live for his purpose. We can have spiritual life. But then the promise is also that will have eternal life with him after this life. Godliness, according to Paul in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, godliness has the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. But it all begins with Christ and his word. We don't have to be overcome by fear. The Bible gives us many reasons to have great faith and confidence in Him. It may be that this evening you have been turning things over in your mind. Maybe in your mind you feel distant from God or maybe you just feel weak. But God, there's there's no substitution in life than, than Bible study. Just reading the Bible. And I hope that we can we as, as we go through these uh, evidences for God and the Bible and evidences for Christ that our faith can be built up, but also we want to uh, be sure to try to help each other along the way. And this evening, if you've been feeling distant or weak uh, in your service to God, we invite you to come this evening. We can have study together and, and pray together. We can encourage one another. Or it may be that there's someone here that wants, wants to go ahead and obey Christ. Uh, put him on in baptism, perhaps uh, you're ready now to respond with, with your belief in the Lord. So we'd be glad to assist you in that obedience as well. Won't you please come right now as we stand together as we sing Brother Tim.